Hello and welcome to the Tech Marketing Trends podcast. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the Managing Director of Bright Vision and hosting this pod. And today's episode, we're going to talk about leveraging LinkedIn for optimal B2B growth in 2023. A hot topic for many B2B marketeers, as you know, as always. And we have an expert in this area today with us, Michelle J. Raymond, Founder and Chief LinkedIn Strategist at Good Trading Company. Welcome, Michelle. So good to have you with us. G'day from the land down under. Thank you for inviting me because it is one of my favorite topics as well. So I'm excited to have this conversation today. Yeah, and we found uh, you, um, our research team found you and your your content that we're so interested in, in hearing and picking your brain a bit around, you know, LinkedIn strategies and things like that. So thank you for taking your time and visiting our podcast here. So, yeah, as you said, you're from down under in Australia. So you just need to give us your background a bit, who you are and what you do before we dive into the LinkedIn strategies. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate the opportunity again. So first of all, I have a confession. I'm not a B2B marketer by trade. I'm a B2B salesperson by trade. So I started off in B2B sales around 20 years ago. So what I do now is I take those skills that I learned in my career I've been social selling on LinkedIn for around eight years now. And so my business is centered around how do I teach B2B marketers and business owners to sell more on LinkedIn without spamming people? So I just love the platform. I think it's amazing. Just the fact that you and I are having this conversation is a testament to just how many opportunities are out there. So the more that I can help other people extract those opportunities out of LinkedIn, the happier I am. Yeah, I I totally agree. And uh, just before we put on the recording, I can just say that we discussed this, the global uh, uh, business climate that we have today. You're sitting in Australia, I'm sitting in Sweden, and we're both working with the companies in, in the States and Europe and Asia. And, you know, everything just mixes it. So, so interesting. And what couldn't be better than being good at finding and striking up relationships over LinkedIn and, and so forth. So, so interesting. And you've written books about this, about LinkedIn branding. And and um, uh, if we just start on the top uh, level here, how can companies ensure that, you know, they have some kind of good LinkedIn strategy and brand strategy uh, on, on LinkedIn as a platform? Yeah, look, what's really important is in, if it's the year that they predict a financial doom and gloom around the world, it's really important that brands find a way to distinguish themselves. And that includes everyone in the IT space just as much as every other division. And why? Because if you don't, you're blending into the background, you're not top of mind when those fewer opportunities come up. So whether it's your buyer that's cutting back spending or you're a B2B marketer who's just had their ad budget drastically slashed, you know, it's going to be a really challenging year. So why LinkedIn? It's the number one B2B platform in the world. It's where 65% of C-suite decision makers are. So for me, go fishing where the fish are. And that is why I love it. And again, if your local market is struggling, you can expand out into other markets and it's no big deal anymore. Pre-COVID would have been different. So if you haven't been on LinkedIn for a little while and you kind of have an opinion that it's not for you or it didn't work, Come back and have another try. The new LinkedIn is so much more fun post-COVID, and I hope it never goes back to the way it was. Yeah, definitely. So LinkedIn is important. That we can say for sure. And 
um, we, we're going to talk about a li little bit, you know, how to optimize this without spamming as well as you, as you put in there, which is, I think a lot of companies might be a bit <laughs> on that side of things, spamming too much or, or being too self-centric and so forth. So it's not easy to, to know exactly how to be as both an individual and, and a professional on LinkedIn as, as well as a company platform using and leveraging, um, it as a, as a brand platform, as you say. So as, as a company uh, within the B2B space who, who want to do this, where do you see the most interesting strategies and, and uh, guidelines? Where do we need to start in order to build some kind of best practices uh, around this area? Yeah, for sure. So my specialty is LinkedIn company pages, which, as you said, they traditionally have not been very exciting. They've been very much company focused, all about broadcasting and talking at the audience, certainly not community minded, certainly not uh, personal. And it has basically been company pages have had a content problem. And what happens is when you get onto the feed, if the content happens to show that it looks like an ad or it's a latest PR or the latest numbers, and it's not of any value to the B2B buyer, and the B2B buyer these days is much smarter than what they were back when I first started selling. The power has shifted. They're doing everything in their power to get around salespeople, get around your process. And if they had their way, they would never talk to anyone. They'd just be able to do that purchase without you. So by creating some content that's really valuable to help them with those purchasing decisions and staying top of mind is really critical but also not just staying top of mind, making sure that they can recall your business when they're about to purchase. So there are stats around that say typically in any market, 95% of your audience is not ready to purchase at any one time. 5% are ready and they've pretty much already done all of the work. So we've got to look after that 95% so that when they switch and that buying you know, opportunity comes up, all they can do is recall your business and so by having a company page and keeping creating content in that space, you build up a really strong company brand. Now, the trick is on LinkedIn, company pages don't get that great reach, right? And people do want to do business with people. It's a really personal platform. So my experience is don't just rely on the company page as much as I love them and they're my expert, you know, kind of area. Make sure your employees and especially your founder are starting to build their personal brands as well. The magic happens on LinkedIn when you have personal brands being built, you have the company brand being built and the two of them work together in synergy. If you ignore either side, then you don't get as great results. And again, we're looking for every little piece of opportunity that we can stand out from our competitors. So having a little bit of both is what I would say. If you're a small business, you may not have the resources to do everything that you wish and you know hope you could. But it comes down to just keep both of them ticking over, do what you can and make the most out of what you've got. Mm, yeah, that's great. And from a company LinkedIn page uh, perspective, where do you see, you know, what are the different levels that you can aspire to? What does a really great LinkedIn company page look like if you start there? Yeah, a really great one really shows the human side of your business. And it also shows what you stand for as a business. What's changed on LinkedIn is now the platform is roughly 65% of 25 to 34 year olds. 
Now, the Gen Z and millennials, what they're really interested in is working with and for companies that really are purpose-driven and have values that align. So we're starting to see company pages that do really well, that share about their values, share about what's important, care about purposes, and really create content around that. Starting to build a B2B community is where brands are starting to go. Now, I think we have a long way to go in that space. I think we're just starting to see some creativity come out in content on company pages. But the holy grail is to build a brand community where the people that love your brand, talk about your brand, promote your brand, and you don't have to pay anyone to do it. They're just willing to do it because they love it so much. And that happens with some of the B2B SaaS products that are out there, like Gong is one of them. Uh, it's probably one of the most popular examples that's out there on the platform, but it's much bigger than just what you see on LinkedIn. You know, they have a whole culture that happens in their business, which is why that's so successful. So again, you can't just create something on company pages that doesn't align with what's going on in your actual business offline. So do we have some work to do? Yes. Is it the holy grail? Absolutely. It's what I'm chasing with all of my clients so that Again, it's much more cost effective. You know, you don't have to pay for influencers or paid strategies, but does it take time? Absolutely. Does it take effort? Absolutely. Do you work as a sales, marketing or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. That's good. And how, how should you weight your content between the web page and content that is on the company page on LinkedIn? and content that you send out or publish as a, a spokesperson or, or an individual professional, so to say. Where do you see the mix? Should you copy the content so you have it in all three channels every time you write something, or should you have specific themes, or what, what would you recommend? Always going to come down to goals and resources, but I'll give you a couple of use case scenarios, which I think is fairly common probably with your audience. So we have probably the smaller end of town, like small businesses that might have say up to 50 employees. Now it's going to come down to how much time that the B2B marketer, the manager that's looking after this, how much time do they actually have to put into this? Are there any other employees that are willing to be part of the program? Now, if you're out there on your own and it's just a function of one department, comes really hard, you know, and you've got to juggle. So you'll find then most often it's just keeping the company page ticking over. Typically in a business that size, you might have a couple of people that are happy to create content. Not everybody will be a content creator. In fact, the stats are roughly 97 to 99% of people never will create content on LinkedIn. And that's mind blowing. So trying to force all of your employees to do it just it's not going to happen. Do not try and force anyone. So you might have a big business that's got, you know, national offices, you know, or international offices all around the world, and they've got big marketing teams, and you'll see that they create lots of content on a daily basis. So we've probably got the full spectrum in there. If you're really micro business, like a solopreneur, or, you know, maybe a couple of people in the business, 
you're probably just going to tick it over on your personal profile more just because you'll get more reach based on the LinkedIn algorithm. I wish it was more even. The fact is it's not. Um, it's really hard for company pages to show in the LinkedIn home feed. They're doing some work to help with that, but it's not coming anytime soon. So we've got to play with what we have with you know, the guidelines that are working on LinkedIn right now. So if in doubt, more on your personal profile, but keep the company page brand ticking over. In relation to the website, I always think that it's really good that you have that content in same places. If you have limited resources, stretching that content as far as you can, for me, is my number one goal. Now, from the personal page to the company page, absolutely, you can repurpose. Just don't do it on the same day. Don't press the share button. Don't hit repost. What I do is I call it my greatest hits library is what I call my company page. Uh, so I'm going to use a, a, my favorite band in the whole world, and I'm not saying this because I, I'm just on this podcast, is Roxette. And when I was younger, I bought the Roxette Greatest Hits library. It's an album. Why did I buy it? Because all of my other previous albums, you would buy and there'd be like three really good songs and the rest you kind of went, yeah. But if you buy a Greatest Hits, it's all your favorites. And so look at your company page like a Greatest Hits library. So if you create something on your personal profile that really works, give it some time and post it over on the company page. So if someone comes across to your company page, which they can discover that through Google, not just necessarily within LinkedIn, that they find only the best of the best there. And that can often relieve some of the workload and stretch things further. That's great advice. Uh, that clarifies it very. So more playground on your personal profile, keep your really successful content on your um, company page there. So what, what kind of content do you think resonates mostly today? Should you go, you know, we have been writing blogs now for 10 years. Um, we talk a lot about video content or what's the content trends that you see make most interactions or, or you know, get most viral these days on LinkedIn? Yeah, look, the easiest one that is always going to get the most attention is something that involves a photo of somebody's face. So it doesn't matter whether it's behind the scenes. It doesn't matter which employee it is. Any time that we get to see somebody else in a photo, and I don't mean a corporate photo shoot, I mean grab your smartphone, something going on in action. We want to see that the stuff that I can't find that's on your website, I'll go, it's really polished, it's really perfect. I want to know what's really happening on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's the cool part around LinkedIn is it's dynamic and daily. So always going to happen that something with a face in it will perform the best. The problem is if you do too much of that, you lose your credibility because whilst it's nice and I like you and it's fun, am I going to buy from you in a B2B situation just because I enjoy looking at that? Probably not. We need to show our thought leadership. And so my advice to anyone is, yes, maybe carousels are performing really well on LinkedIn at the moment. That will always change. They'll always change the algorithm. The best bet is always focus on your B2B buyer in your industry. What do they want? Now, typically my advice is rotate through different types of con like content formats because your audience is made up of different people. Some might like watching videos. Some might listen to LinkedIn audios. Some might enjoy LinkedIn lives. Some might just want to read a long newsletter or article. So the fact is your community is made up of so many different people. And I think by rotating through the different content formats, you can speak to a much wider audience. It's great. Good advice. 
So now we know our content strategy and how to distribute on the different channels we have. So how do we make this into a sales or a new client relationship, or at least a prospect or something, you know, do you have any thoughts and, and best practices around creating a funnel based on the activities that you hopefully uh, get by having a good copy page and a, and a personal profile? What's, what's your take on that? Yeah, look, ultimately, if you've got a game plan and you've planned out who your ideal client is and what you're actually out to achieve with them and what they like and what their key pain points are, then we can start to create content and also not just content, but also it's a commenting strategy, going out and supporting other people. It's like sending direct messages or congratulations on a milestone or it's your birthday and we just got a notification. Social selling on LinkedIn is all about building relationships. And so whilst I never talk about funnels so much, and again, it's that I'm not a B2B marketer by trade. Um, I'm always going to come back to relationships just by my nature. But for me, what happens is I find the more people focus on lead generation and using those words, that almost drives a behavior of a hunter and gatherer. It's a win at all costs. It's I'm out to get you. And it feels like that on the other side for the other person. And we see that quite often with people who are sucked in by automation tools. If you are listening to this podcast, please do not use automation tools to try and speed up the process. It's actually quite the opposite. If you slow things down and go for quality, and it might be a target client you have in mind, like you might want to do business with Microsoft. And so you're going to go really hard and really deep on that particular account. That doesn't mean you're trying to send a connection request to 800,000 different people trying to, you know, get there. You're going to be smart around it. So slow things down to build relationships. And what happens is that's how you build a long-term brand that people want to do business with you. And so I just really hate when we all get it. Somebody connects with you. The next message is, please buy our stuff. Let's book a demo. Let's do this. I want this from you. And it's like, whoa, like, hello, we've just met. I don't even know who you are, what you do. So, you know, by just taking a bit of time in that process, then you warm people up so that when they start to talk to someone in your, you know, sales team or that runs your demos or, you know, whoever looks after business development could be the owner of the business. Then by the time they reach out and connect, it's so much easier to sell because their values are aligned. They know that you know your staff, they trust you and they want to do business with you. And it just becomes about logistics. So yeah, always slow down, always focus on relationships. And when you do that, you don't have to worry about the algorithm, which is another reason why I love that. Wonderful. I totally agree on everything you said. Uh, and I loved, uh, you know, slow down your outreach and marketing because I, I, I totally agree. And I think one of the biggest challenges we have today is that we, as you mentioned earlier, that we spam our prospects and, and potential clients to death. They give up a long way before and opt outs from your communication before they actually, you know, build some trust with your content and so forth. Of course, we, we have all these <laughs> weapons yeah, of mass spamifications, you know. <laughs> I've heard from people that they say they will send out 800 spammed automated messages using one of these tools, which puts your account at risk. You will lose your account on LinkedIn completely if you use them because it's mm -hmm. against their terms and conditions. Yeah. 
I said to them, but you've just burnt 800 people to get one potential call. So what happens after you do it through your industry? Most industries aren't really that big when you come down to it. Like even if it's local or within IT, if you're going through 800 at a time and only getting maybe one call or one potential booking here and there, what happens when you need to come back again? What impression have you created? And that first impression is a lasting impression, as my friend Michelle Griffin would always tell me. So what are you actually doing to create a really good first impression? Mm. Yeah, wonderful. Love that. Do you see... Uh, so, so, yeah, let's focus on building long-term relationships and, and, and focus on the quality in order to strike up great relationships that might turn into clients-vendor relationship or so. Uh, and we totally agree on that. So don't don't push on the automatic spam uh, machine. <laughs> Please. Yes. Uh, another thing there. Um, what is the companies do the most uh, mistakes or or you know leave the most potential on the table? So to say, where where are you seeing most of these problems when you coach companies around these things? Number one, they haven't actually sat down and come up with a strategy. Like it is literally quick. Let's all get on LinkedIn. Let's post content. And somehow it's magically going to generate sales. The other thing that they do is they encourage their employees or almost force sometimes, I'd hate to say it, but sometimes it's almost like shoving people onto LinkedIn is how it feels. But what they do is they don't give them support and training and understanding on how the platform works. And so by not setting your employees up for success and not having that strategy in place, then it just ends up a mess and it falls over within about three months. The other absolute no deal for me is if the CEO slash founder of the business is not on board with LinkedIn, you're as a B2B marketer, you have got zero chance of really having a big impact. No matter how much marketing budget you've got, how much money you want to throw at it, because what will happen is your CEO will set the standard that they don't care, it's not important, the resources won't be available and everybody else in the business will copy that behavior. And so you won't get support from other teams and it'll feel like you're trying to drag the whole business along. And ultimately you'll end up just going, well, no one else cares, why should I? And that's just human nature, that's not a judgment. So if you're a CEO listening into this and you're responsible for a marketing team, uh, it's really important you get everybody in a room, including the salespeople and even customer service. They have so much knowledge about your customers. Don't discount what they know and the questions that they're getting asked on a daily basis. They're often a really good source of content ideas. You know, what are the questions that you're getting asked all the time? What are people are complaining about? What don't they know how to use? You know, what are the common questions about this piece of software? And so you can create content around that kind of stuff as well. So for me, if you want to set it up for success, it's a really strong brand. It's about having a game plan in place that everybody's on board and give people training so that they're set up for success. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I like that. And just to clarify that a bit. So if you're a CMO and, you know, you want to revamp and, and upgrade your LinkedIn strategy and uh, you you knock on the door to CFO, CEO, CEO office and say, this we're going to do and it costs a bunch of money, you know. 
how do you measure it? What can you expect and what should the CMO say we're getting to get out of this? Do you have any metrics or KPIs you point to or yeah, if you can talk yeah, about, it's, about that. It's probably the hardest conversation that's ever going to happen between the CMO and the CFO. And I don't envy anybody that has to have that conversation. I'm lucky I don't have to do it. Uh, it's probably really tough. And this is where marketers that can really have that conversation with the CFO is it's going to be tricky. And why is it going to be tricky? Because a lot of what we generate through social content is not traceable. It's not trackable. You, you know, there's words for it, like dark social is something that gets thrown around. And what does that mean? They're things that you just can't track. So a conversation that say I read your post and then I went and had a conversation in the lunchroom with somebody who then went and bought. That's not traceable because the person in the lunchroom didn't click on anything, didn't look at anything. And so it's hard to measure some of this stuff. So I always like to look at what are the kinds of conversations that we're having, what things are happening off LinkedIn, whether it's website traffic, whether it's bookings for demos, whether it's having conversations with salespeople. They're the kinds of metrics that will generate new business. And so it's all about how many conversations can you have off LinkedIn and start to build some metrics. The problem is building a brand is a long-term play and everybody probably wants short-term leads, short-term wins. And so you've got to find a balance between those two things, which again, in a tough financial year, it's going to be really hard for marketers. So anybody that's listening, I'm, you know, I feel you, I see you. Uh, but I think the more that we can keep a track of things and really bring back those results, um, branding will always pay off. Yeah, I agree. So interesting and really, really, uh, uh good, good point there. So, um, as you say, we, we need. We need to experiment with our marketing buddies as well and, and try things that are not easily to to prove their worth as well, because otherwise we'll just keep doing the same old, same old all the time. And you'll do so the that's... same as everybody else. That's the problem. And yeah. if you want to stand out, you have to get creative. B2B needs to start getting creative. And you'll see a lot of content on LinkedIn from the B2B Institute, which LinkedIn runs. Uh, they've got a LinkedIn company page around that and they have some brilliant research that they're doing. Uh, get creative is the answer because that will help you to stand out from the sea of same same. Yeah, that's great. Emmy, thank you so much for all these insights. Before we part, you know, people who want to read more about your content, Michelle, and uh, maybe contact you uh, in your company, Good Trading and, and so forth, where can we get more about this? Look, I'd love anyone that's listening. Come and find me on LinkedIn, of course. Um, I'm Michelle J. Raymond. And the reason I have the J in there is because there's a lot of other Michelle Raymonds in this world. And I've met a few of them. Uh, so to make it easier for you to find me, it's Michelle J. Raymond. I also have a website, LinkedIn for B2Bgrowth.com. Uh, just jump on there and you'll find all my links to podcasts and my books and YouTube channel where there's lots of cool resources to help you get more out of LinkedIn. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll post the links to that in the show notes, of course. But uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, all your insights. I wish you all the best. And uh, and we're just winding up our day here in Sweden. And uh, you're, <laughs> you're winding down your day in, in Australia. But thank you so much for taking your time and uh, chatting with us. 
My absolute pleasure. Cheers. Cheers.